how is it going everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of this horror podcast titled Expert in the Myths Behind the Legends. And in this podcast what we do is we take something from, of course, the horror genre and analyze it and that could be a movie, TV show, story, etc. Before we start though, I want to ask you guys to please go ahead and check out our Linktree page in which you can find our links to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And that's going to be linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds. So without anything further to add, here is the discussion segment in which Mariah and I will be talking about the film Orphan. Stick around. Okay, Mariah, so we are now at your segment, and we got a couple of announcements. Number one... Yay. <laughs> number one, it was your birthday recently, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. It was actually yesterday. <laughs> oh, awesome. So I'm not going to ask your age, of course, but yeah. I do want to ask you, <laughs> how was the, the day? Did you have a good day? I had an amazing day. Um, I... I feel like I have been sh getting like showered with like spooky gifts every day, like every day in the month of April. So, and then still, um, like today, it's not my birthday anymore, and I'm still getting gifts. And then um, some friends too in the spooky community were like, "Hey, I'm sending you a box of Halloween stuff." And I'm like, "Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> so that I guess I I love my birthday because. Well, I love it now, well, a lot more now because I feel like it's the first Halloween uh -huh. celebration or of the year or something. I don't know because it's um, I get showered with like Halloween gifts, so and it's not even Halloween, so it's like ah, it's amazing. Awesome. So I had already told you off the camera, off camera, whatever. Like maybe I want to say sometime last week, but I'm telling you again, happy birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so I'm really happy that you had a good day and that you are enjoying the love from the community and from your family and as far as i go <laughs> well i've had a, a recent bad spell when it comes to my health luckily i'm good already i survived i had a significant encounter with uh food poisoning i don't know what caused it to be honest i hardly ever eat anything that's not homemade but i do have my suspicions i think it was a sandwich that i bought a while back for lunch. I'm not gonna say from where because they're good sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think a couple days after that is when I started feeling the symptoms and what happened is I let it go for too long. Like I just thought it was, oh, okay, it'll go away in a couple days. And I took Pepto-Bismol, whatever, like over-the-counter stuff. And a week went by and then it didn't go away. And then I asked, I asked my cousin who is a doctor in Mexico and she's like, well, you probably just have some sort of indigestion. Gave me some stronger stuff that didn't work to, you know, the way that we had hoped. So I went to a doctor, another doctor. <laughs> Long story short, I got injections, antibiotics, pills, left and right. Another week went by and I was still not feeling 100%, so I went to a different doctor. <laughs> and this one changed my medication, gave me something a little stronger, and that seemed to have done the trick finally. So, okay. long story short, I'm about three weeks into it, almost a month, <laughs> and 
and wow. yeah I'm, I'm barely I'm, I'm still not 100% mind you but I'm doing a lot lot better than I was two weeks ago so oh, that sounds so miserable it was I mean and I don't mean to sound disgusting or anything but I mean I did have like a bad stomach and stuff like that and you never know what that can lead to so you just gotta be careful yeah and, and you know especially if, if you're my age or older if anything is not normal go to the doctor guys I mean I went my cousin is a doctor and she's good i mean mind you but she was like it was like an informal visit mind you and, and i'm gonna wrap this up real quick because people are like i don't want to talk about your stomach problems <laughs> or, or listen <laughs> that's not why yeah. you tuned into this episode uh <laughs> but i mean essentially yeah like i, I kind of just didn't take it seriously because i thought ah, it's just like whatever something i ate and it'll go away in a couple of days but it didn't so if you notice something weird about your body that's not normal get it checked out don't be like me and be like lazy and procrastinator with your health because it's not good but anyways back to the topic at hand Mariah because <laughs> like I said I don't think people want to tune in to listen to my health problems <laughs> so we are discussing the 2009 film Orphan which as of now actually has a sequel that I have not seen oh okay I actually almost watched that one. Oh no and, and I was like I don't think that's the one they were talking about. That would have been a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely made sure I watched the right one. <laughs> yeah. So as of right now, <laughs> as of right now, that movie's available on Tubi. I don't think it's gonna be there very much longer. I saw that it's gonna be gone in like two, three days. So. Oh wow. By the time this episode is out, it'll be gone from the Tubi lineup. But they always bring movies back every now and then. They, they rotate their library quite a bit. I noticed like every month or so they, they change their lineup quite a bit. Anyways, have you seen this movie before? No, never. 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 So, first impressions, what do you think? First watching, it was really weird. Just <laughs> weird because I think I think her name is Vera in real life, like her real Oh, the actress, thing. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I've seen her, of course, in the Conjuring universe. So it was really weird to see her and in that role, apparently, she looked like it was probably one of her earlier roles, I would say. Um, and I don't know, just the way the opening was, I was like, ouch, <laughs> kind of thing. And just really weird. It was, I, it was weird and it was really unexpected for me yeah so I would just say very weird and unexpected okay so we'll definitely get a lot more in depth about those things for sure <laughs> and but just in general did you like the movie um it wasn't my favorite where like I had to purchase a movie like I did with um that other one we did recently too with um, Silent Hill. Okay, I was like, not abandoned, <laughs> so, right? No, 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 no. This one, this one's definitely, I'd say definitely better than abandoned. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting enough to keep me watching. So, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't my favorite. It had some points where I was like, yeah, but it was weird. I would say it was, it was really weird, and I, I love weird. So, as far as my first impressions go, I got to see this movie in the theater, actually, when it came out. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. How was that? How was, how was the audience when they were watching it? <laughs> well, 
let's just say that it was during a, a weird time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was dating someone that I had been with for a while. I want to say by this point, maybe like two years. And she liked to go to the movies a lot. I didn't really, but I mean, you know, we'd go every now and then. And what I remember is that I think we went on a weekend, a Friday or a Saturday, but by that time the movie had been out for a while, so there wasn't that many people in the theater anymore. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, it might, have, it might have been like halfway packed or, or maybe less than half, actually. And so there were some scenes in which the audience reacted, of course, like, <gasps> like gas or they laughed. <laughs> <you know? laughs> especially, awesome. especially at the twist at the end, which we'll get to eventually. But uh, I was one of them. I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> so like you, I think it's a very interesting film. It's good. It's a lot better than I remembered. And I've seen it since then, like maybe once or twice after that. So, but the last time that I had saw this movie was maybe like in 2014. So it's been a while. Oh yeah, that was a long time ago. It is a lot better than I rem remembered. But at the same time, it's not like oh my god, you must go out and watch it because you know it's not oh like. But it is good. I, I would say it's a good movie, a good horror movie, a, a decent take on the demonic child, quote unquote, genre. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll get to that in a minute, too, because I want to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff first, if you don't mind, Mariah. Of course. Oh, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do mind. Okay, so... Uh... <laughs> so, this movie was directed by somebody, and I apologize in advance because I'm going to butcher their name. Uh, Jean Collet Serra. I hope I said that correct. I hope I did, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. Written by Alex Mays. The producers are Joel Silver, Susan Downey, Jennifer Davison, and somebody you might know, Mariah, by the name of Leonardo DiCaprio. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, no way. Uh-huh. And for people who are not familiar with, I'm not that I'm an expert or anything, but producers don't really have much to do with the movie itself other than pitching or, or putting the money for it, right? So... Leo DiCaprio wrote a check for this movie. I don't know how much he put in, but he he's responsible for some of the finances in this. And it was released on July 24th, 2009, so in the summer. And it's a collaboration between different people from different countries, the US, Canada, Germany, and France. And the budget was $20 million. So it actually made close to 80 so it did produce a profit I want to say that after marketing maybe they spent close to like 40 35 maybe so overall they made about 40 million dollars back which isn't bad it's a decent profit especially for a movie like this because it's definitely like you said a weird movie Maria isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> starting with the poster the poster looks really unsettling um, the poster is of the, the actress that plays the character Esther, which is the orphan. Her name in real life is Isabel Furman. And it's not a picture of her, but it's like a painting of her. And she looks really disturbing <laughs> in that picture. I'm looking at the poster right now and it's like giving you the creeps. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely... It almost looks like a 
a doll that you would see down a hallway, like at a hotel or something. Yes, exactly. Like that's how it looks. It's real creepy. I love it. <laughs> she looks like a possessed porcelain doll. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and the tagline for the movie is, there's something wrong with Esther. <laughs> There's something definitely there wrong sure with, this, <laughs> with this woman or a girl, uh, girl slash woman, and we'll explain what that means in a minute. But I guess we can talk about the movie finally, <laughs> the plot. So basically, you talked about the opening a little earlier, and what happens in the opening, Mariah, is that we see a couple arriving at a hospital because the lady is about to give birth to what we learn is their third child. And they're gonna name her Jessica. But as they check her into the, the clinic, whatever, they're kinda taking her in a wheelchair to the room. And stuff starts happening. She starts bleeding profusely. And then the next scene is her like in, in the, I guess the, op the operating room maybe. And her baby is born and it's covered in blood. <laughs> mm. So what do you think of that opening? I at first thought it was watching, I guess, like her give birth, of course, and stuff. It looked almost like a cult that we've seen in like other spooky movies, like in other horror movies. Where, you know, of course, they'll, like, they, they'll say, like, oh, your baby died, and then, like, take the baby away, like, it actually lived. So I first thought it was something like that, and, like, the nurses and doctors were just, like, in a secret cult. And then also the, the father, too, with him with the video, video recorder or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, is he part of the thing, too? <laughs> so that was really weird. <laughs> That was my first impression. So, oh, and the screaming, I can't even imagine. I mean, I don't know how it feels to give birth, but I can imagine. My mom, she was out, they gave her medicine, and she actually had me at 24 weeks. I'm not, I wasn't supposed to be born until July, oh, the wow. last week of July. So I came a lot earlier. <laughs> so, um... So yeah, so it's it's crazy to me that like some women, you know, are, are lucky enough to not experience <laughs> that intense pain. And you can hear the lady just screaming. And then and then there the doctors are like smiling at her while she's screaming and I just can't even imagine if a doctor was smiling at me while giving birth I would want to kill her not kill her but <laughs> just probably like hit her with my foot what's wrong with you <laughs> <Judge> violence <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know it's just it was it was that weird with the doctor seeing the doctor smile like that it was weird so that was really cool to see I think in my opinion, this was like a nightmare flashback type of sequence. We do learn that she, in fact, tragically does lose her baby. But I think the way we see it in the movie, it's just her nightmare, like just a, a, her dream about it. Because like you said, it's, it looks really surreal with the doctors smiling and being all happy and the babies. <laughs> and the babies, you know, they, they take her out of the, 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 the mother's body. 
but the baby's all covered in blood and not even crying or anything. It looks really weird. And <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a disturbing visual. So like you, I mean, of course, I, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that process. And yeah, I don't know. You hear all kinds of things. I mean, my mom told me that I was born early because I had to. Oh, yeah. okay. I was not as much as, as you, mind you, but I was born maybe about three weeks early. I was supposed to be born in September. Oh. And, I, was, mm, uh, <laughs> and I, I ended up being born in August. That's okay, because I'm a Leo and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love being a Leo. I'm, I'm a drama queen in the, so, in the Zodiac. <laughs> drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, long story short, she had complications with me throughout the whole pregnancy. She was advised to terminate the pregnancy mind you and she didn't she refused so she was bedridden for pretty much all of it and it was high risk and at the very end it got to the point that they're like you know what we got to do a c-section like now because otherwise you're both gonna die yes back in the day they they would always say like you know we can only save one you know we don't have the medicine that we do now versus back then it was definitely a different time. So that in itself is so stressful. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, to... in Mexico, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess not, like, uh, have as many options. So, luckily, both of us made it. <laughs> and I'm here to bother people with my horror podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm here, too. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Sorry about that little interlude there. But I also want to talk a little bit about... But uh, Vera Farmiga, I want to mention something about her. Like you said, she was in the Conjuring movies, and this movie is before that. So she looks a little bit different in this, I guess, than, that, than from what we're used to seeing her in the Conjuring movies. In the Conjuring movies, she looks kind of like a, like a senora. <laughs> like a... <laughs> You know, like, um, you know what I mean. I don't right? like my laugh. But yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> I, I was, I was. There was this um, Tiki talk that I saw. It was said when you're in your sen senora phase or whatever or an era, and <laughs> but you want to be wild and you like look outside and it's like younger kids like just being cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, she definitely looks so different in this film, an orphan. She doesn't look like a mom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what I meant. I don't mean that in the, any way to be disrespectful, mind you, but she looks different. She looks more youthful, I guess, and not that she looks better, mind you, quote-unquote. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. She almost looks like she's straight out of college. Yeah, she, she has a, a different energy, I guess. It's, it's, the, it's what I'm, it's what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, she, she has a, a, a different vibe to her personality. I mean, it is a different character, of course, a different movie. But in the Conjuring universe, she's playing an older woman, so maybe that's why. I do also want to mention that she's awesome, because <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but apparently she is a singer of heavy metal music. You're lying. No, what? No, I saw a video of Did her... Did she do, like, screamo or anything, <laughs> or is it... I, I've only seen a couple of videos. She sings a Slipknot song. <gasps> and she also sings in a song by Iron Maiden, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, I have to go look this up and add it to my Spotify playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's on Spotify, but it's on YouTube. I'll send you the links right now. 
Yes, please do. Oh my, that sounds so crazy. I would love to hear her scream. Yeah, and she did a good job actually. She she's doing good, and I was like, wow, this this woman is awesome. <laughs> wow. it's like I love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. And oh, anyways, back to the movie here. <laughs> so Vera, who in the movie is named Kate, is dealing with the grief of, of course losing a, a child so she goes to therapy and she's taking medication because she, uh, after the fact that, of what happened she ends up becoming an alcoholic for a bit so she's recovering she's trying to deal with everything and, and get herself sorted out and so we see her going to therapy and the, the therapist of course is really judgmental <laughs> yes why is it that they always portray people that give therapy like this in, in movies? I think, honestly, I think it's probably based on actual experience that people just seem like they try to care or try to, I don't know. And sometimes all you really need is someone to listen or, you know, for someone to listen to us. So it is it is really crazy that they they do do that. It just it looks uncomfortable. Yeah, and like anything of course I wanna think that <laughs> there are good people that do this and people that are not that good at it. <laughs> right. Is... And I, I do believe that is a thing. There are really amazing people in that job um position where they're they're so amazing at it and then there's of course like you said some that they're just sitting there just to get a paycheck <laughs> and they don't really care and they're just judging you so hard <laughs> people in the audience might not be aware of the fact that i studied psychology in college and one of the things that they told us is that i i didn't continue my studies mind you so i'm not a specialist i'm not a doctor i'm not an expert but they always said, no, you got to be try, try to be the best you can for the patients if you're going to go into counseling or, or therapy. Uh, because they're going to be relying on you to help them through whatever difficulties they're going through. And like you said, I mean, I think some people are just there because, uh, you know, it's a job, whatever, unfortunately. But I do think that there are people that are good out there. And if anyone out there is going through something like this in which they feel like the person they're seeing is not adequate for them, by all means, you can go ahead and change them. You should, if that is the case, because the point of that is to make you feel better and not to make you feel like you're being judged. So, end of rant. <laughs> <laughs> so then we meet the, the daughter, Max, who is deaf. So Kate has to communicate with her through sign language. And there's a scene in which it was kind of setting a, a, I don't want to say depressing, but what happens is Max asks Kate to read her a bedtime story. And Kate is like, can we talk about another story? Because this is like a, the 10th time I read this to you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, no, no, I want the same book. And then the daughter asks her about the baby that would have been her sister, Jessica. And they have an exchange in which Max asks 
Kate, well, is she in heaven now? Is she an angel? And, and the mom, Kate, is like, yeah, she's in, in heaven now. She's watching over us, so on and so forth. At the beginning of the movie, this is like the, in the first 10, 15 minutes, mind you. And it's been a very emotional roller coaster already, hasn't it? Oh, yes. So, what did you feel at this point in the movie when they're having that conversation? I just thought it's so hard when you're so little, like the little girl, um, just kind of wondering. And also, probably wanting maybe that role herself, maybe, perhaps. Um, and then, I don't know, I would feel like probably Kate feeling bad about not make or not having her babies like happy, I'd say, or wanting to give them something that would fill that void with love. And so I think I think that's that's what I'm getting at, um, with all of that. But it's so emotional. Yeah, it's it's a very like I said, I don't I don't want to say depressing, but it is very emotionally charged in the beginning. And yeah, I mean, not only do you have to deal with it as Kate is trying to, but then you also have to explain that to your young daughter who may not understand what death is really. Because I think Max is what, like five or six in this movie? She's like a little little girl, right? Yes. So I think it's maybe possible that she's not aware of what death is just yet, but she's like, okay, well, what happened to her? So Kate has to explain, and it's kind of like a a painful scene for, for her, you can tell. And then we meet the, the husband, John, finally. like I mean, we saw him in the beginning, but we see more of him here. Because Kate is like, well, I want to give some love to someone because there's love that I would have given my daughter but she's not here but I that love is still there and I want to maybe find someone that I can share this feeling with or for so basically she talks him into going to an orphanage and I want to take a minute here to talk about the scenery because it looks cool the weather looks awesome <laughs> it's uh winter it's cold it's snowy i don't think it's christmas yet is it mm, i don't think so not quite christmas but it's probably fall early winter so maybe sometime around october november and yeah i would like to visit a place like this where it's snowy and, and cold and <laughs> because down where i live it's the average temperature is 100 degrees so <laughs> The exact opposite of that, but and yeah. humid. <laughs> yes, very humid. Although lately we've been having some random storms. We had a, a hailstorm last Friday, about a week ago. Oh, that's so relaxing. <laughs> it knocked down a couple of trees, but yeah, we survived. <laughs> <laughs> well, not on our property, mind you, but just around us. They visit the orphanage, and they meet the nun, Sister Abigail, and she's like, yeah, you know, welcome. Take a look around. And I think it's all girls, right, in this in this particular orphanage? Yes, it is a home for girls, yeah. Okay, yeah, because I, I don't think I noticed any boys running around, but it's all girls. So 
they're kind of walking around the facilities and, and looking at the girls as they're playing outside. And then John comes across this one little girl that's in a room all by herself. And she's making these paintings. And they look okay. I mean, they don't look terrible. <laughs> I'm not one to speak because my artistic abilities are horrible. They always look a lot better than anything I could ever make in my life. Uh, but they're like, oh, they're like, these paintings are great and it's awesome, whatever. So they meet her and she starts talking to them. And she tells them a story about one of the paintings. I think she's painting like a lion. And she says, my name is Esther. And this painting's about a, a lion that lost her, her cubs, and she's so sad, but so on and so forth. And I, I forgot the, the, the conclusion to that, but she basically tells them a story. She sells them this, like, drama <laughs> type of thing. The parents, Kate and John, decide, you know what, this is the girl that we should take home. So, let me ask you, Mariah, at this point... Before, I mean, of course you find out she's not what she seems like, but at this point, what did you feel when you looked at her? I did feel there was something that was kind of, I don't know, like if I had seen her for the first time, like in real life, I would feel like she kind of looked like a creepy porcelain doll. <laughs> that would have been my first impression. Just not even knowing anything about her. I would just think, oh, look, I want a porcelain creepy sister. <laughs> would you have wanted to take her home too? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Um, I think so. Yes, absolutely. Huh. As I guess as like a sister, yes, but yeah. as a mom... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I was getting to. I mean, if, if you had been yeah, in, in the like, shoes. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a lot of horror films in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Like, trying to ask you, if you were Kate in this situation, would you feel inclined to, oh, this girl is awesome. Let's take her home as our daughter. Me as, as a dad, I don't think I would want to <laughs> take this child <laughs> with me. <laughs> Because of the same reason you said, I've seen too many horror movies. And this child, right off the bat, I mean, she, she looks too perfect. Like, she's just like, oh, I'm so happy making these paintings and, you know, so on and so forth. And in general, she looks just weird. <laughs> Let's just say that. So I don't think I would choose her, if that makes sense. I mean, I hope that's not insensitive, but... Yeah, she, she looks a little out there and not what I'm looking for as far as uh, raising a child. Thank you. <laughs> then they, they meet up with Sister Abigail again and she's like, well, yeah, you know, with her, she's had a complicated past because the family that adopted her from Europe, mind you, she's not American. She's born in Europe. And the family that adopted her from over there, they all died in a house fire. Chan, chan, chan. So. Yeah, that, I guess with that information, it would make me feel very like, oh no, why? Um, and, and then also, I, I, I can see where it can also make 
the the mother felt like, okay, I want to give her a home because she's been through too much trauma. So that too is, it, it, it was really, I can see both sides to this. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I want to learn more um, while watching this. But it does make you question, like, she was the only survivor? Because um, I know that happens in real life, but it's, it's so sad. Yeah, so I think this played into Kate's emotional state. Yes, after losing her baby and seeing Max in pain. Yeah, and then seeing this child who lost her family, quote-unquote, so I guess, I don't think they mentioned it in the movie, word by word, but I think maybe she felt the connection with her, like, oh, I lost my baby, and this this girl lost her family, so I think it's kind of meant to be, quote-unquote. That's the, the way that I see it, at least. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Mariah. I, I definitely do. They, they take the girl home, and she meets the family. Grandma is in the house looking after the kids as uh, they went to, to visit the orphanage. And so the grandma and the girl, Max, they seem to like her quite a bit at the beginning. First impressions. But the boy, Danny, doesn't really seem to be too much of a fan of her. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a big fan right away, so... I don't know if it's because he's older and he's going through his rough years as a teenager. Yeah, the preteen years are always. Oh, I, I definitely saw that with my brother <laughs> too. Just, just wanting to be away from me. It's like, well, he used to love me, <laughs> and now he didn't love me no more. <laughs> At that age, it's it's such a um, delicate age, I feel, and, and little boys and stuff. And I think maybe growing older, you kind of like quote unquote becoming a man, whatever. Um, <laughs> so I think it's easier, not that it's correct, mind you, but I think it's easier for an older brother to feel embarrassed by their sisters or their younger <laughs> brothers. Yes. <laughs> as you're going into middle school and high school. And it's like, no, stop. You're embarrassing me. Stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I would do that all the time. And, oh, my brother, I would, he would, he would run away from me. <laughs> or, and then sometimes I would try to give him a hug and a kiss on the cheek in front of his friends, and I would say, oh, I can't wait to play Pokemon tonight, or something like that. And he would be like, leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just do it, because I, I, I knew it made him embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, um, yeah, Danny doesn't seem to like Esther too much, and I think maybe that's partly why. And also maybe because, of, of course, he might feel a little jealous that there's another sibling in the house now. So definitely it is it is a rough age and we see that in the next couple scenes because he's got a little treehouse in the backyard, whatever. Where he hangs out with his friends and they have some interesting stuff in that treehouse, don't they? Yes. <laughs> they have access to let's just call them adult magazines. And <laughs> so they're looking at him and they're like, Oh yeah, look at this girl, whatever, she's so pretty, it won't they they say <laughs> They don't say it like that, mind you. <laughs> and I'm not judging, mind you. But I've 
<laughs> I don't know how appropriate this is gonna be. But I've never done what kids do in this movie. Like, I've never taken magazines and looked at them with my friends. So that's weird to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always had, like, horror magazines. Like, spooky ones. And I would show them off to my friends, and they thought it was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> with, like, Vincent Price and stuff. Or, like, them. Vampirino. Not Vampirino. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Elvira. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. See, that's different content though. These kids are looking at like yes. adult magazines. So that, that's that's quite different. And I, I yeah, like whenever somebody brought one to school, whatever, and they're, <laughs> like, and they're like, hey man, check it out. And I was like, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. So but uncomfortable. I, it's like, uh, that's cool, but I don't want to look at that with you next to me. That's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. So yeah, like a, I don't know that, that that that's weird to me, but <laughs> um. So as that's going on, Esther and Max are playing in the snow outside. So they're kind of getting to know each other, and we see the next couple scenes that Kate and John are trying to have some fun. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but Esther wakes up and overhears them. And her being the nosy person that she is. She's like, nah, -uh, not in my house. <laughs> so she conveniently uses the excuse that it's raining outside. And she wakes up Max too, the younger girl. And as Kate and John are trying to have her me time... <laughs> they're like hey we're scared of the lightning can we sleep with you guys <laughs> <laughs> so I've mentioned before I'm not a parent but I've got family members family members who are parents and friends who are parents and they describe episodes like this to me and I always laugh at them <laughs> That's <is> so awkward. <laughs> I don't know what angle I want to take with this because there's so many things to talk about. And number one is, of course, a marriage is going to change whenever there's a, there's a kid involved. And that relationship is going to go through different stages now because, in cases like this, for example, where you're trying to have some time to yourselves and then a kid interrupts I mean not it's it's I guess what I'm trying to say is that it must be really difficult to balance that whole thing where like you're a parent yes but you're also a human being you're trying to enjoy your your partner and their company but you really can't just think about yourselves because now there's another person in there that you got to take care of <laughs> <laughs> so it must be really weird I mean I don't know what it's like obviously because I'm not a kid or I'm not a I'm not a kid <laughs> obviously, obviously not uh, I'm almost 40 years old uh, <laughs> but I don't have kids so I don't know if you've heard people in your circle Mariah talk about stuff like this yeah I think so I have, I have friends that are like in their 40s and 50s um uh, 
But yeah, that can be a little uncomfortable. Or when, like, I guess, like, the kid is, like, coming up to, like, you know, that that age where it's, like, ill. (laughs) (laughs) Not ill, but you just feel grossed out by everything for some reason. And so when you see, like, your parents kissing, it's, like, gross. Or I don't know. I don't know. I guess I guess every kid's experience is different. I know for me it was always like embarrassing. <laughs> I would always feel like weirded out. Um and I didn't know what that was a thing. Like I didn't know um like I mean I, I knew about families, but I didn't know it was like I guess, like, I, I want to say, I don't, I don't know how to work this. Like, grown-up stuff. Yeah. I didn't know what grown-up stuff. Um, until I was, like, really, later on, really, not really old. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was definitely, um, I, I definitely a bit older. So, um, it was definitely weird seeing, like, people kiss and thinking, oh, no. And I thought, like, if you kiss somebody, you would get, like, a baby. <laughs> so I just thought, oh no, I wonder how many kiss kids they have. They they kiss a lot, so they must have like five children. They have, they've been kissing for five times. <laughs> so that was always interesting to me. Oh well, that's funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, my friends. Um, I guess like their kids are like really older now, but they haven't told me any like embarrassing, embarrassing stories yet. <laughs> Um, I've definitely seen a lot of embarrassing stuff growing up, for sure, in my family. And I'm like, ew, that is gross. Why did you do that? (laughs) Or why did I see that? (laughs) I should have just stayed in the room. (laughs) So I've I've accidentally, yeah, like just walked by um, with family and I'm like, oh, no. And then I was really confused. I was like, I don't know about the birds and the bees, you know, kind of thing. So I didn't really know about that either. So, yeah, I was really later. It was really late. Um, I think I was, I was like a late teenager learning about the world. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. It's awkward. And you talk about it now. I'm all like, ew. <laughs> it's funny because I used to get Barbie and Ken and like kiss, make them kiss and stuff. <laughs> And I would be like, oh, I wonder when she's going to get pregnant. (laughs) That's so weird. Oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, enough embarrassing stories. Yeah. Moving on, please. Uh, (laughs) I I guess, I mean, maybe, like, my point wasn't made too too well, but but my my point was that, yeah, it's it's difficult, I guess, to balance the, the, the responsibilities of being a parent with the needs let's just say that of, of being a, <laughs> a parent yeah i can't even imagine how that must feel when it's your babies you know? yeah no, it's it's nope. i don't like, think about oh, that man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah so they they kind of break into the room and like hey we're scared of the thunder let's uh can you guys let us uh, sleep with you because we're and like, yeah okay i guess our fun time's over <laughs> so then we see Esther going to school, and she looks different in the sense that she's wearing what may be perceived as being old-fashioned clothes or different clothes from whatever the kids are wearing. 
she's wearing these dresses and these ribbons in her hair and, and, and on her hair, but also on her wrists and her neck. So, as soon as she walks in, this little girl teases her. And <laughs> it's funny because Esther just kind of gives her the death look. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> I was like, oh no, she's scary. So the kid kind of does a double take, which is like, ah, oh, okay, weirdo. <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I was, when when she gave her the, the look, I, I was laughing, but it's because it was so uncomfortable. I wanted to come in here <laughs> and, and, and praise the work of this actress, Isabel Furman, because she did really good portraying a child. I mean, she was a child, mind <laughs> you, in, in the movie. I think at the time of making this movie, she was like, I think, 11 or 12 years old. If not, maybe a little younger. So, for her to have the, the skill to, of course, acting as a child that's actually an adult acting like a child, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> props to her for sure. And... Then a couple more things happen. We see a couple of scenes in which Kate and Max are playing by the by the ice. And, sorry, not Kate, but uh, Max and, and Esther. Max and Esther are playing um, close to the ice and Kate has a fit. She's like, no, get away from there, that's dangerous. And then we see Danny shooting paintball and he spots a bird and he decides, you know what, I'm gonna shoot the bird and, and just gonna scare it, whatever. He hits the bird and it's like severely hurt. And he freaks out because he's, he didn't think that would happen. Danny's not a bad boy, he's not a bad kid, but he's a kid. He's not learned that actions have consequences yet, so... I don't think it, the scene was meant to make him look like a bad kid. Because he actually starts crying. Like, oh, like I didn't know this, this was going to happen. I'm so sorry. And then Esther's like, well, just kill it. Finish it. And he's like, what? I'm not going to do that. And this girl grabs a rock and just kind of smashes the bird. To pieces. So, what was your reaction to that, Mariah? I just... I just thought it was... Um, at this point, it was kind of like getting intense. <laughs> I would say, um, but reactions is just like, oh my, because I think I've actually experienced this in real life, um, growing up too, with kids my age, um, and seeing kind of like things play out the way they did, and, um, yeah, it is a sensitive subject, I guess, too, when you're like so little, um, yeah. That was definitely a, a very significant scene because, of course, Danny's like, what's wrong with you? What's, like, why would you, do, why would you do such a thing? And Max is like, okay, what's going on? Like, what happened? And Esther even says, oh, don't, don't worry, the, the bird's in heaven now. Like, being sarcastic about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of a... A very significant scene because we start seeing her true colors in, in this. We start seeing the way she really is behind the scenes. And then I think the next scene is when uh, 
Esther's supposed to be taking a bath, right? And I think so. And she locks the door. And Kate freaks out because no, you're not gonna lock the door in this in this house. And Esther says, Oh, when I was in the orphanage, I would sing for the sisters and they wouldn't leave. Do what I want. So Kate's like, okay, sure, just for right now, but no more locking doors, whatever. <laughs> so of course she's doing this because she wants to hide her, her true self because if in case you missed the <laughs> or rather I should say spoiler alert Esther isn't really a child is she? I don't want to say it's funny to me <laughs> but I feel like uh, even now how old I am I'm still like ew <laughs> the different <laughs> things <laughs> it reminds me of a child and like people have told me that before that I'm like I have this um childlike aura and it's funny because I'm 54 inches um and it's just um her mindset with Esther it's very you can totally tell like she's just very knowledgeable of lots of things um and even today like I just feel so weird sometimes where I'm like what is that? <laughs> so, um, I don't know if I could make a better actress than her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, I think she she did amazing with just the capturing of where it's leading and getting the audience kind of, not excited, but kind of getting like, I want to know more about you. And I, yeah, so I'd say that's, that's a really great job. Um, but just very knowledgeable um, at this point in where we are. Yeah, she she's displaying a very high level of intelligence for a child. And that's because she's not a child. Like, like we just said, she is actually supposed to be in her 30s already. But uh, we find out the reasons for that later. But I just want to say that because it's, it's basically what the movie's about. It's about this lady who's in her 30s pretending to be like a 10-year-old girl. That's why she doesn't want to be seen in the bath because then they'll see that she's actually an adult. So as she's taking a bath, whatever, Kate runs through some of her things. She finds like a diary, but uh, she doesn't really get to read it too much or for too long because then the scene switches and we're back to school where Esther is once again being teased by that girl bully. And I think at some point she drops her books, right, or, or her papers. And the girl bully's like, oh, why do you have this collar in your neck? Are you a dog? Like, well, whatever. And she tugs at the little at the ribbon on her, on her neck. And Esther freaks out. She has, like, this screaming fit. And she freaks everyone out. So, of course, she wants to hide what's under there. And we learn that later, so I'll say that for later, too. And then we move on in the movie, and Kate is showing Esther this greenhouse that they have in, in, in their property. In which there's a plant that she has there to as a memorial for her unborn child, Jessica. 
And she explains to her, oh, it's because I feel like as long as this plant is around, that I feel like Jessica is around here somewhere as well. And Esther pretends to be super moved by this, like, oh my god, that's so, so uh, touching, whatever. But we know she doesn't really care. <laughs> She's like, eh, I don't care about this. There's another scene in which Kate and John are trying to enjoy themselves in the kitchen this time. <laughs> and Esther, being of course the nosy person she is, she overhears them and she's like, nah, nah, nah. not in my house, once again. <laughs> <laughs> so they catch her or they see her like staring at them. And then it's funny because the next scene is Kate trying to have the, the talk with her. You mentioned the birds and the bees. Yeah, I don't even know what the birds and bees are, so... <laughs> <laughs> I never had that conversation. I will look it up on YouTube maybe later. See, I don't know where that comes from either. <laughs> I don't know either. But I always hear about it. I'm like, ew, what did the bees do to each other? <laughs> what do the birds do to the bees or, or vice versa? Or like, I don't know. I yeah. never learned the origin of that phrase either. Really? No. I always thought it meant it was like a code name for adult talking about something. Now we need to look up birds and the bees on Google <laughs> just for a definition. I don't know if I would do that to be honest. You might see some unpleasant results, my friend, in the, <laughs> in the search engine. Um, I, I knew that it was code talk for, you know, sex. But I don't know where the origin of that came from. Or like, what is the point of that conversation? Or like, what is the actual conversation? I never had that with anybody, thankfully. That would have been super weird if somebody is like, okay, uh, Chewie, you're 15 now, so let's talk about the birds and bees. I'm like, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. So I never had that, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully, I wasn't scarred with that. I don't think I would be okay with my parents and I talking about such subjects. Even now that I'm 40 years old, or close to being 40, I don't think I would want to hear my parents talk about that stuff to me. Yeah, it's just it's just so <laughs> awkward when it comes to, you know, like your actual like, parent and stuff. Thing. So, well, I do look on Google, and it's just a bee kissing a bird. It's really cute. Okay. It looks, it looks pretty adorable. <laughs> but they're just kissing. Okay, so, so like so, what you thought, maybe the, them kissing is what... <laughs> It makes a child be born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like no kisses. <laughs> Anyways, I don't even know how to kiss, so that's fine. <laughs> it's cool. No kissing allowed in this property. Thank you. <laughs> so, Kate's trying very awkwardly to, hey, you know, so sometimes grown-ups love each other very much, and, well, you know, they... And then Esther says, yeah, they have sex. But she uses the F word for that. So Kate is like, oh. <laughs> like her face. Yes. <laughs> because Esther's like really cool about it. She's like, oh yeah, I know, they, they have sex. Uh, go back to my painting now. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw it in the theater, people just laughed super hard. <laughs> I was one of them, by the way. I, I, I just burst out laughing. Because at this point in the movie, you still don't know that she's a grown up woman, mind you you still think she's a child. So you're like, oh, it's just like a really super uh, intelligent child that she kind of knows what's up <laughs> with life. Um, 
so then we see the father, John, at the playground with the kids. And some lady's trying to hit on him. And it's super weird. Because she's trying really hard to get his attention. And he's like, yeah, okay, lady. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and we see Esther notice that the girl bully is in the playground. So she starts stalking her throughout the playground. And it's kind of weird. It's it's a very, I thought, a very well done scene, Mariah. I don't know about you because the, the little girl's walking around and she's climbing in the little house, whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah, it looks very innocently. Uh-huh. And she starts to look very apprehensive. Like, oh my God, like someone's chasing me. Like, I f like she knows something is wrong. And then we see her kind of walking up to this slide. And then Esther, I don't know, just runs and just pushes her, like shoves her. And you see the girl's leg break pretty much in half. So that was a pretty uh, gnarly scene. <laughs> what do you think about that scene specifically when you saw Esther push her? It's not evil. <laughs> no. I feel like this girl is cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> and. To make matters a little bit more, I guess, intriguing. They're talking to Esther, Kate and John, that is. And they tell her, Abel's, the, the parents think that you pushed her because she says that you pushed her. And then the sister, Max, is like, no, she didn't. She just fell by herself. So she's lying to cover for Esther. Why do you think that was? Was she scared of her? I, that is a really good question. At first, my first thing, thought was, I guess, maybe Max didn't want Esther to do anything to her. So it's like, I better cover up. And we, we do, of course, with siblings, um, I think that's very common. We always like try to, um, I remember my brother would do bad things and I would say, oh no, he didn't do that. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then he would always do that too, because he would do it more for me. Um, I would always do very bad things and he would always say, oh, it was me. And so I would sometimes cover up for him. So that was a very common thing, I think, because I just feel like, well, at the same time, it looked almost like Max was maybe scared of her and then and then it could be just a sibling thing so about not wanting to get in trouble so it could be either one but it's it's kind of hard to tell which which one you want to go with yeah i think at this point esther hasn't threatened max just yet so i think maybe it's, it's it's like you said, it's kind of like just like a, like a sibling looking out for each other, kind of sort of thing. But I thought it was interesting that she was doing that already. Because at this point, Esther hasn't been in the family for very long, maybe like a couple of weeks, if anything. And you already have Max here basically going up to bat for her, kind of. And then we see another scene in which Esther is like a piano virtuoso. 
at some point when they brought her in to the house the first time, she's like, oh my god, you have a piano, so cool. And Kate's like, well, if you want, I can teach you. And Esther's like, yeah, sure. And then Kate catches Esther playing this like super difficult piano piece, <laughs> like, like <laughs> super easily, not even struggling. So she confronts her, like, I thought you'd say you couldn't play piano. And Esther's like, no, it's, it's, I just, I just, that's not what I said. You offered to teach me, so I thought it would be nice for me to say yes, because your son doesn't care, and your daughter is deaf. So that was super cold. That was super, super cold, because Kate is, of course, really into music. And I don't think Danny cares too much for it. And then, of course, Max is, in fact, deaf. But those aren't really things you say to someone, right? Right. That's <laughs> Normally. so horrible. Normally, as I, I would... I mean, I don't think I would <laughs> at 12 years old. You start seeing more and more of Esther kind of showing her true self in this. And so they call Sister Abigail. And she visits the house. She drops by the house. And she talks to them and she's like, yeah, about that fire that happened. It wasn't an accident. It was arson. It was caused by someone. And it always happens that wherever she is, people get in trouble. Weird stuff happens. So be careful with her. And of course, Esther overhears this and she decides, you know what? This lady needs to be out of my life. What she does is she convinces Max to help her. And when Sister Abigail leaves the house, they are in the road. And Esther convinces Max to just kind of lay in the road, like, like just, yeah, just, just lay there and, and nothing's going to happen to you. So Sister Abigail sees her. She swerves the steering wheel and she crashes into like a nearby tree, I think, right? Yes. And, well, Esther isn't done with her. She basically just hits her in the head with a hammer a couple times. And then she's like, oh, people are coming. We got to get off the road. So she, she tells Max, just help me push her down the hill. And at this point, Max is super terrified already. You can tell she's like, ah, this isn't really cool anymore. <laughs> like, this is not fun. This is whatever. But as soon as she lands in the bottom of the hill... Esther goes back down as well and basically finishes the job. So now they have to hide the body and also the weapon. So you see them going up to the treehouse and she's telling Max, I'll protect you because if you tell the truth about what happened, they're going to take you to jail because you helped me. They're going to think you killed her too. So, of course, that's scary enough for Max. But then she also says something like, You're my baby sister. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I love you. Now, do you <laughs> think she's lying? I think so. For sure. I don't think it's genuine whatsoever. I, I don't know. It also comes off very manipulative. Exactly. I think she was, for, of course, for sure lying. But I think... She was doing that because she needs an accomplice for now. Like, she needs somebody to help her. 
kind of get away with stuff. And I think that as soon as she had accomplished what she wanted, she would have done the same to Max. And we actually see that because later on there's a scene in which she causes a car accident with Max still in the car. So, yeah, I think this girl is for sure lying about, I love you, you're my sister, and I'm gonna protect you. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> before that, though, before the, the car accident incident, what happens is that Esther sees Danny looking at him as they're hanging out in the treehouse, hiding the hammer. And she sneaks into his room at night and pulls like this knife on him and he's super terrified so can you imagine that's insane like, you're asleep in your house so comfortable and then you feel something so you wake up and you see this person holding a knife to your neck <laughs> like yeah no thank you <laughs> <laughs> i don't think that'd be a very pleasant experience would you no definitely not <laughs> so danny's super terrified of this girl and so she finally is like kind of gaining control over both of them. And then a couple more things happen, but then we see John, the, the dad, talking to Esther, and Esther's like, I don't think my mommy loves me. Being super man manipulative also. So he tells Esther, just do something nice for her so she knows that you love her. And you see that she loves you too. And this is the part where the flowers come back. Those flowers she showed Esther in the beginning, or not at the beginning, but uh, earlier. And basically Esther cuts the flowers as a bouquet for Kate. And like, look mommy, I cut flowers for you. And Kate flips out because of course these are the flowers she, she had planted in honor of her daughter of Jessica. So she loses it, she grabs Esther by the arm. And then John's like, what's going on? Like, what's, whatever. And then Esther runs away. And then we see, uh, I don't know what, how you felt about this. The part in which she breaks her own arm. Oh, that was, that was intense. I've heard of like, of stuff happening very similar to this and it just it kind of blew my mind that um you know she wants Kate definitely out of the picture so it seems like she would do anything just to get that I guess reaction or care or I don't know it's it's bizarre um, it is so sad seeing this, though, like how everything is um, unfolding. Yeah, it's... Uh, that part with the arm was, was a little bit unsettling for me. <laughs> yes, because she uses um, an intense tool to do this. I think she puts her arm in a vice grip or something like that. Yes. And she basically just keeps turning the, the, the handle until her, her arm breaks. Now, how focused on her goal is this woman? 
that she breaks her own arm to get what she wants. That's a different level. I think. <laughs> For sure. On the record, I'm super delicate. I wouldn't even do a paper cut on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Much yeah. less break my own arm for whatever I have in mind. Like, no. She starts crying like, Daddy, Daddy, my arm hurts. Help me. So John says to Kate, You know what? You broke her arm. How dare you? Sleep in the couch tonight. Kind of thing. So her plan's already in motion. Like you said, she wants Kate out of the picture because she wants to keep the dad for herself. <sighs> yeah. It, it's a very weird idea to get your mind, to wrap your mind around. But it's again, because at this point, we still don't know that she's not a, a child. The first time you see this movie, you don't know that Esther is a child. Or rather, it's not a child just yet. You find that out towards the very end of the movie. And we go back to the doctor, right? The doctor that's like counseling Kate. Especially after this whole arm incident. And the doctor's like, yeah, Kate, you gotta go to rehab. I'm sorry, like you're acting weird and you're probably drinking again. And John is supportive of the idea. So you, you see that Esther's plan is working. Because everyone is turning against Kate. It's crazy to me. Because I, I know this is real life stuff. Like, this actually does happen. And it's, it's so sad when you just want your family to be in a loving healthy position and stuff and it's it's really sad to see this happen um which is so much um what's that word so much separation of breaking the family apart and choosing and oh i would i would, I would definitely be crying yeah because there are cases, I mean, maybe not like this specifically, but cases in which people turn people on each other because they want to accomplish something. And yeah, like you said, that does happen in, in some cases in real life where someone manipulates someone into thinking that, hey, this person's bad for you, stay, stay away from them. Or this person's going to hurt you or this person hurt me, so help me, like, push them away from me, whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely got some real-life implications. And I think the next scene is, is when Danny sneaks up to the treehouse because he knows that Esther hit something up there. And she sees him. And she basically goes up there with him and sets the treehouse on fire and locks him in there. And Danny's able to open a window and escape, but he falls. He can't climb down the tree because it's on fire. So basically he falls and he injures himself quite severely. And it looks like Esther's going to finally take him out of the picture because she grabs a rock. 
and she walks up to Danny. And just as just as she's about to do it, though, I think Max is, is the one that pushes her away, right? Yes. So, did you think she was actually going to do it? I mean, that she would actually no, go... No, definitely she, not. Like, succeed? I, I would be scared <laughs> to do that. So, she's definitely brave. <laughs> no, but, like, do you think that at this point, Danny was going to die? Um... I had hope. That, I had hope that he was going to live. Okay. <laughs> Not hope that he was going to die. Sorry. That came out so wrong. <laughs> Thank you for clearing up, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I feel a lot more at peace right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what type of person are you? <laughs> That's funny. But she's not done, though, because they take Danny to the hospital. He's basically in a coma, right? For uh, the rest of the movie? Yes. He's unconscious in the hospital, and Esther sneaks out because I think she tells the grandma, Hey, can I give me some money to buy some snacks? I'm hungry, whatever. And the lady's like, sure, Esther, here. Have a couple bucks, go buy some chips or whatever. But Esther actually goes into Danny's room and tries to smother him with a pillow. And it looks like she succeeded. Because his vital signs dropped to zero, the little beep thing in the in the hospital bed goes off. So all these doctors come into the room and they try to save him, and I think they save him, right? Yes, yes they do. I believe, I don't know if it's because Kate catches that, um, but yeah, the doctors do revive him. And then I... Think Kate caught her or no 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 I think what happened right? was no. no she she sneaks out but but Kate knows or suspects that it's her because yeah oh, right 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 yeah you're right I, I think the doctors do do successfully revive him but she knows or she suspects rather that Esther did something so she's like she confronts her in the hallway she slaps her in front of everyone and I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> like the visual of it right? like it's this woman slapping what looks to be a child and I don't know how messed up that sounds but I thought it was funny and so of course Kate is tackled by the hospital staff and they give her a sedative and they put her to sleep and you see John taking Esther home and Max and this is when things unravel finally because they get home and you see Esther dressing up like a like a woman in this dress <gasps> yes that freaked me out I was like whoa and I had I had to double take because I at first I thought it was somebody else <laughs> like it's just some random person just came in the house <laughs> or something yeah, it's kind of a disturbing visual because you still don't know that she's a woman. Not just yet, you're about to find out. But you see what appears to be a child dressing up like a woman with all this makeup and this dress and everything. And she makes snacks for him, like a little, like a, what do you call it, a, a, a charcuterie board, whatever. Uh, with like the little ham and the cheese and the grapes and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the, um, do you remember those, uh, Lunchables? 
Reminds me of those. <laughs> and actually, I'm sorry, the, 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 the word is charcuterie. It's a French word, mind you. So, <laughs> charcuterie. <Okay>. And basically, <laughs> charcuterie boards are lunchables for grown-ups, Maria. So you're right. Yes. Yeah. It's little cheese and little crackers and little ham pieces, you know. Yeah, and grapes. shake, shake, shake with bologna and cheese. <laughs> and she's like, look, daddy, I made dinner for you. And <laughs> at this point, John is drunk, right? He's super drunk. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's dead. So he doesn't know what's going on. He sees a little confused. And he's like, whoa, what's what? Like, why, why are you dressed up like that? That's weird. And she's like, no, daddy, I'll take care of you. And I was like, okay, this is a little weird. When I was like, when I was watching in the theater. Oh, that is so intense. The first time to I see was that like, scene. yeah, because well, what is going on? Yeah, the implications, like, of course. Yeah, the implications are like there's a child. You know, in this situation with an adult, it's it's weird. You don't want to see that. Then he, of course, is like, no, what's wrong with you? Get away from me! So you know, thankfully, he was in the right frame of mind. Still, like he wasn't drunk enough to do something stupid. So Esther goes back to the room and she's super upset and this is when you start seeing like her as she really is because you cut to Kate in the hospital calling whatever place that she finds out Esther came from and they tell her uh no this is not an orphanage this is a mental hospital (laughs) (laughs) and the way you're describing this person, that's not a child, that's one of her patients that escaped from here. And she's super violent, she's not someone you want to be around. <laughs> not, not someone you want to have around for very long. And as this conversation is happening, you, you, you cut to, to Esther, like, removing her makeup and her teeth and everything. And she looks like an old woman in this scene maybe like in her 60s she looks super old and I was like whoa to me that was like mind blown plot twist when I saw this movie in the theater (laughs) so I never expected that did you expect that? no definitely not so how do you feel about that whole it was it was really freaky it kind (laughs) of reminds me of me a little bit like (laughs) not like like that creepy but um because i have a lot of like masks and stuff and i think it's hilarious um i i I do get lots of comments about different things about masks whatever and so i just like make a joke where i'm like oh i'm just gonna like shave my face off one of these days (laughs) 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 to get like i don't know just to stop the comments about oh you're so scary (laughs) but i was just joking about it um but yeah it is it is really creepy at first i thought it would i don't know for me I think I would have been really excited if she looked older. Um, I think that would have been a little bit creepier. But yeah, she she does look like she looks weird. Someone roaming the hospital or something, um, which I definitely love. I, I was hoping for a little bit older on the the real look, so. Because yeah. mind you, the actor, the actress herself was like ten or eleven when she made this movie, whatever. 
and for them to actually make her look like a like a 60 year old woman <laughs> even though she's supposed to be 30 something right <laughs> but uh she has all these like missing teeth and whatever teeth are left for like super rotten and her face looks super wrinkly she kind of looks like a witch almost like like the image of a witch right that you you see in movies <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> you explain that song I get picturing. <laughs> no, that's so scary. So yeah, it's it's a, a kind of an unsettling scene, and like like I said, when I first saw the movie in the theater, I was like, oh, OMG. <laughs> and my date was equally surprised too. And. <laughs> So we're like, what just happened? Like, what is that? Uh, and uh, so Kate basically escapes from the hospital. She breaks out. She's driving super recklessly in the middle of a snowstorm because she knows that this woman is dangerous. But sadly, she's too late because by the time she arrives at the house, John is dead. And you see, you see how Esther does it. She stabs him several times. And. The sad part about this, I think, is that Max sees the same thing happen. So, can you imagine how difficult this child's life is going to be growing up? Yeah, especially with all the trauma that she had to see. I can imagine. Just... That's, that's hard. Max survives at the end, so, so I mean, I'm just thinking about it, like, wow, this child is, like, six years old, and she's seen so many things, and of course she saw someone kill her father. Oh, so, so hard. So, wow, I mean, it's just, like, I just had that thought right now, like, wow, how difficult her life would be growing up, she's gonna have to, like, I don't know, all kinds of issues. And, so, it's, sadly, yeah, it's too late for John now, but Kate is like, well, I still gotta save my daughter. And Esther's like stalking them around the house. She's shooting at them, trying to find them. And Kate ends up in the in the greenhouse, or on top of it rather. And she sees that Esther is about to get to Max, so she jumps down through the ceiling, the glass ceiling, and she just she lands right on top of Esther. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny too. <laughs> <laughs> like something out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like she's unconscious. She's like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, this person just dropped on top of me from like two stories up. But of course, it's never enough, is it? Chun, chun, chun. Number one rule of horror movies is never think the killer is dead. Always make sure they're dead. So <laughs> after... Kate wakes up, whatever, she gets Max, they, they walk out of the, the house. By this point, I think the cops start showing up. And you see them walking through the house. And they get to the spot where Esther's supposed to be and she's not there anymore. So, she actually has gone out of the house after Kate and Max. So, the final battle ensues. And they wrestle with a knife, Kate and Esther. And then Max picks up the gun 
And to me, that's like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're gonna hit the wrong person, lady, girl. So, that was super tense. Super tense scene, rather, super tense moment. She actually pulls the trigger, but she misses completely. Not entirely, though, because she actually hits the ice. On which they're fighting on top of. And the ice cracks. And so, Kate and... Esther fall into the water, which must be freezing. And they have like a little scuffle underwater. And Kate's about to come out. And then Esther's like, no, mommy, don't kill me. <laughs> and then Kate's like, nah, and she, the kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. The kick to the face. I think she actually broke her neck, right? Yes, yeah. Because you see her neck whiplash to the back. <laughs> and I was like, that's not natural. <laughs> that's not a natural movement of the, of the neck bone. <laughs> so I th I'm pretty sure she broke her neck or she broke something. Because that kick was like all the frustration, all the anger released into that kick to this <laughs> girl's face. Yeah. And you see the neck just whiplash and then she just falls into the water into the darkness and that's the last you see of her it definitely reminded me of the ring 2000 and was it 2000, 2002 or the second movie I don't know which one no it was the second movie I think where Samara is telling or is in the well or whatever with the girl and she's like calling her mommy and she's like I'm not your mommy or I'm not your mother <laughs> So this is, it was crazy because it had to do with water, a mom, and an evil child. <laughs> or not a child, but like an evil girl. Uh -huh. Well, it looks to be like a little girl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so that's the end of the movie. The cops are kind of like just like trying to tie up the loose ends, whatever. And like we said, there's a, a it's not a sequel, it's a prequel to this, it, so it happens before this, but do you think that Esther actually died at the end? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Somehow they always come back, right? Yes. Some way, one way or another. <laughs> it gave me Jason vibes for some reason. Yes! Also, that's kind of what I thought of. You said the ring, and I hadn't thought about the ring actually. But I, when I saw this this whole water thing, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of like Jason." <laughs> you know, I think I think I saw the ring first before I saw Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, when I was a little girl, because I had seen my first horror movie was Child's Play. But then I remember seeing the ring and then I remember my mom loved Jason so much and she wanted to show me. So I was really excited. But yeah, I, I guess I guess if I had grown up with it for or seen it first, I probably would have thought Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, I thought that at some point she was gonna maybe come back for a sequel, but she never did up up, up until now. But now she's in the past, so she's supposed to be even a younger child, or quote-unquote, right? Right. So, I, I don't know, I always thought that somehow there was going to be a sequel to this, but there wasn't. 
And, well, I guess before we move on to the scores, Mario, there's a couple of things I want to share about maybe some random trivia for this. If you don't mind, of course. No, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, it turns out that the girl who plays Max, her name is Ariana Engineer. And she actually is deaf. So, she's not acting for that role. She actually is, is a deaf person. So, she does speak in sign language and stuff like that. So, I thought this, that was interesting. That they actually got a, a, a deaf actor for that part. Yes, I remember actually looking up this actress. And before reading anything else, I remember reading the name. And I just, I was like... Wow, that's a very interesting name. Yeah, engineer. Yeah, like 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 yes, like, 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 like the job engineer. I, yeah. Yes, and I was like, I don't know if that was a typo and stuff, um, but it is pretty amazing that, of course, they do bring um, actors with real life um, stuff that is very relatable. Um, I think that's so important. And then there's another thing here that Isabel Furman, who plays Esther, actually became interested in knitting because Vera Farmiga would knit on her breaks. And she would see Vera Farmiga like when she wasn't doing any scenes, whatever, knitting. So Esther was like, oh, that looks cool. So she actually ended up becoming interested in knitting herself, so I thought that was kind of cool. Do you know how to knit? Um, I've tried it, and it's <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I've knitted my finger back, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that one goes in there in that hole. <laughs> so I had to pull it out. I, I was knitting something, and it got... I knitted my finger, and that was really hard. <laughs> so... Yeah, I got these knitting needles at, like, this, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of, like, La Pulga. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I got them. They were, like, plastic, and they were really, like, 50 cents, and I loved it. I was like, ooh, and, yeah, that was terrible. Like, never again. That is hard. <laughs> I love sewing and cross-stitching. That is really easy. Everything, that knitting, though, that takes talent like, and patience to do. Um, I'm just terrible at it. So that is pretty amazing that they both know how to do that. I have no idea how to knit. I don't <laughs> think I could ever do anything like that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it's interesting that she picked it up because she saw the other actress doing it. And the last thing I guess I want to say is that the piano that they played is actually, of course, a real piano, but it's made by Steinway, and I think the price of that piano was seventy thousand dollars if you if you want to buy it. So seventy. Yeah. Wow. Seventy thousand dollars. Can you imagine buying a piano? You can buy like a car, a, a house, maybe a small house, maybe. But... Yeah, a small house, a pretty house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, thank you. That sounds <laughs> insane. Wow. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a couple more things that I would do want to mention, though, that there are some cases 
similar to this in real life. So I'm reading here on the Wikipedia page <laughs> that it was inspired by the May 2007 coverage of 34-year-old Barbara Skrolova. I hope I said that correctly. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But Barbara Skrolova, who was an orphan who abused her first adoptive family and ran away from the police when caught. They found her impersonating Adam, a 13-year-old boy who had gone missing. So eventually they did catch her. But can you imagine? That's crazy. You're a parent and you're trying to adopt a child and you end up adopting like a 35-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. But I, yeah, I, I know that happens. Um, but I know there are definitely, of course, people out there that um, you know, do need um, care and love no matter what age you are or what, you know, um, how your life is. Um, and that's really sad when, um, when I guess, when you're taken advantage of as the adoptive parent. Um, like in this story, that's really sad. It's like your heart was in the right place. But this happened, and your babies do get hurt, and you know, and you do see the evil that is real in real life. Not all um, kids are like that, so it's it's definitely eye-opening. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I guess, Mariah, having said that, we can go on to the scores then. So, how many? Creepy children out of ten. Does this movie get and why? Um, I'm gonna give her like a seven. A seven? Yeah. All I right. don't think why because she fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> she fooled me so good. So, are you giving a score to Esther or to the movie? Oh, to Esther. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I did not understand that question. <laughs> I had coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so for the movie, what's the score for the movie, Mariah? Okay, for the movie, um, I'm going to give it an 8 because it is, um, it's really weird and it was really interesting. Um, and also it does, of course, show that the evils of the world, um, doesn't matter who you are, it's, um, it's, it's horrible when little kids get taken advantage of and stuff, and parents as well, um, when your, when your heart is set in the right place and, um, everything else is like, it's just all over the place, and that's pretty hard. Um, this was definitely... I wouldn't say it wasn't gory at all, but it was it was really creepy. Yeah, in that sense. It was definitely creepy. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I thought it was decently gory. I mean, not super gory, like you liked your movies. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I thought it had a decent, decent amount of gore as far as the, the violence sequences go. I'm gonna give the movie the same score you did an 8. It's... 
interesting. It's a different twist in the horror genre as far as the, the demonic child type of movie. That plot twist at the end got me for sure the first time I saw it. Yeah. And I think overall the acting was pretty good, especially for her, for, for Esther. I think she did really good. And the story itself is interesting also. I thought a couple of things could have been done better, I think. But overall, I think they did pretty good. So I'll give it an 8. Now, you said <laughs> you gave Esther seven skulls and you were talking about that while I interrupted you. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, just totally, I totally heard you wrong. I'm in my head. Um, but yeah, I, get, I was giving her a 7 um, with how creepy she was. Because she fooled me until like... Um, I really thought it was just a little girl. And then towards the end, I was like, well, you know. <laughs> and it wasn't the fact, of course, I understand there are some children who maybe uh, that, that look like children that are 30, but maybe they um, still think that they're a child. And that's very um, sensitive subject that um, you just have to go along with. So I, I did at one point think that, but no, towards the very end, she definitely, her intentions were known. And so that was definitely not right. Um, cause she knew, she knew what, what she was doing and she, and all that stuff. It wasn't because of whatever other issue or other, um, thing that, that she may, um, have been processing and stuff or um just something about her so yeah that was that was really 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 crazy yeah i'm gonna give her uh a little higher than you and eight eight skulls out of ten because she is creepy just looking at her She's super creepy. <laughs> and of course, she is super intelligent to the point that she can manipulate people into doing what she wants very easily. And she takes advantage of that very, very much in this movie. She, like, you see her using that a lot. Um, making people turn against the mom, Kate. And just kind of look at her and, and think of her as the victim a lot of times so I think she is a very very intelligent person super evil because she commits all these things these crimes and yeah no, I want to give her an aid for that so uh, I think that was it then, Mariah. Is there anything else you might want to add? Uh, nope. I think that's all. Uh, yeah, I think we covered pretty much all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you, Mariah, for joining me. And I want to thank people in the audience for listening and, and to our opinions, rants, weird conversations that we had about this, the topics in this. <laughs> Specifically, the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah, and Mariah's on, uh, what is it, awkwardness. <laughs> so the birds and the bees, of course. And um, yeah, for sure, I want to thank you guys once again for listening. Before we leave, though, I want to remind you to check out our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash myths behind LGDS, in which you can find 
all of her links to her social media accounts, anything from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. And yeah, it's, it's been fun, Mariah. This was definitely a fun episode for me. It was great to be back after a couple of weeks of not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always fun. Enjoy your company. And I know that I keep you very, very long. So I apologize for that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We're going on almost two hours in this, but it's great fun for me to enjoy discussing these films with you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, having said that, that's all going to be all for us at EMBL for the review slash critique slash rant on the 2009 film Orphan. Would you, Mariah, recommend people watch this movie? I would say yes. It is, it is really interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would recommend that as well. If you were looking for a, a movie in which... There just a is, different style. Yeah, like psychological manipulation, stuff like that. I would say definitely this this would be your cup of tea. So having said that, I want to, once again, thank you guys for listening. I want to ask you to stay away from creepy kids that are going to creep. Especially if they look like 40-year-old women. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from them, especially if they look like porcelain dolls too. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so until we see you in the next one, have a good one. <laughs>